Welcome in to the third episode of BNB Sports Podcast. Again, I'm Matt Byers here with my host, Ben Charbonneau. How's it going? And we have an action-packed show today, Ben. Uh, the Eastern and Western Conference Finals have both began in the NBA. And so we're going to hop yeah. right into to talking some NBA. Uh, you know, like I said, the Cavs and the Celtics series uh, tipped off yesterday with the uh, Boston Celtics winning in, in very convincing uh, fashion. They beat the Cleveland Cavaliers yeah. yesterday. 108 to 83. Uh, they came out in the first quarter, and really the game was over after the first quarter. They got like a 22 point lead in the first quarter, and after that, I described it as the Cavs seeming disinterested. After that, I didn't really think they were all in the game. Even LeBron James seemed a little, a little off. Uh, what did you take from yesterday's game, and does it give you concern uh, for the Cavaliers going forward? Um. I don't take any concern, really. I think it really just proved a point that we all already know. The Celtics are an extremely well-coached team that are going to be prepared for every single game. We knew that. Um, there's a couple things you could say about the Cavs. I mean, for one, I think maybe the six days off, I think it was that they had maybe messed with them a little bit, put them off their not in intense mode because they've been – they hadn't had an actual game in a while. And then number two, the reason I'm not concerned is, uh, I mean, if you think about it, we've seen this from LeBron uh, all playoffs long. Uh, he's, I don't think he's had a good game one in e any of the series that he's played. So I think he'll turn it around game two. A lot of people say that LeBron James in game one just likes to go into a game and kind of, feel out the opponent and see what's working, what's going to work and what's not going to work. And he's not really aggressive as much. So that's why I don't really have concerns. I think it'll be turned around. Now, if they lose game two, I think it starts to get a little concerning, but I'm still not super worried until they lose a game in Cleveland. So I think they have better chance of winning a game in Boston than Boston has winning a game in Cleveland as of right now. Yeah. And what I took from it, Ben was just, I don't know. It, it told me less about the Cavaliers and more about the Celtics. Do I think the Cavaliers Absolutely. will still win this series? Absolutely. I had them go. I had them winning in six, and I still think that'll be the case. I had them splitting uh, the games in Boston, and then the Cavs winning every game that they play uh, in Cleveland. So I had it going in six. I actually had Boston. I thought they'd probably win yesterday, just because you know. It was game one. They were, it was a bigger game to them than it was to LeBron. Um, you know, it was kind of like when, when the little brother is playing, playing the big brother and the, the little brother is all excited about the game and, and all pumped up and he comes out playing his heart out and the little brother just kind of nonchalantly going about his business because he knows that that game doesn't really mean that much to them. And that's the kind of feel that I got from, from that game yesterday, it kind of felt like uh, once they, I mean, let's let's not get it twisted. In the first quarter, the Celtics came out on fire, and I think once they did that, they scored 36 points in the first quarter, seemingly couldn't miss uh, in the first quarter. Uh, I think LeBron kind of just, I don't know, it just seemed like he wasn't really interested yesterday. But as the games get more crucial, as they get more serious, and I think 
even game two, like you said, he's going to come out, uh, come out better. But let me tell you something: this Celtics team is not scared. There, you know, we talked about last series with uh, with Toronto. It seemed like they were kind of scared when LeBron stepped on the floor. And this Celtics team and their young bulls they have are not scared of LeBron James. Now, is LeBron James better than anybody they have? Absolutely, and I think that's what will eventually cause them to win. But they're not scared, and if if they if if the Cavs aren't careful and don't come out with more uh, sense of urgency tomorrow night and get more serious about it, we may have an upset in store. I would still pick the Cavs right now, but man, those young Celtics are fun to watch. Absolutely. Um, this series, I I completely agree with you. Uh, the the game one it was just meant everything to the the Celtics, and it meant nothing really to the Cavs. LeBron's not worried about winning a game one in any series ever. He's worried about making sure that his team is set for the long series, whatever needs to do to win four games instead of just winning game one. And I think they'll come out and do that. I think like uh, I was talking to you before the show, I think the biggest one of the biggest uh, upsides for Cleveland in that game was Kevin Love did not become non-existent. He actually led the team in scoring. So the fact that yeah, he's still scoring is a good sign for them. Which can be a good thing, but if if he's, lead, if he's your team's leading scorer throughout the series, it, it becomes oh, a bad thing. And, and I mean, the Cavs I, don't, I don't want I don't, him to be there anymore, but as long as he can, as long as he's scoring up there, it's better. But that's one thing, that's one knock that I kind of have on, on LeBron. I, I enjoy watching him play. I think he's, he's one of, if not the most talented player to ever play the game. But man, it was just kind of, it was kind of sad to see an all time great yesterday just not really care. And I feel like that's kind of something that obviously maybe it's because he knows that that game doesn't really mean that whole, whole lot, but he just, he didn't, it just seemed like he didn't care yesterday. You know, he had seven turnovers uh yesterday alone and he had eight all of the last series combined and so do i think he will turn it around but yeah i do but man that was just kind of, i didn't i normally enjoy watching lebron james play and the Cavs play because lebron james on it and i t- i found myself enjoying the celtics more yesterday they they wanted it more they they played harder you know they they didn't give up when the Cavs came back in the third quarter and outscored them by 12 points what they do, they came back in the fourth quarter and outscored the Cavs by 11. So I don't know. It, it was, I don't, I can get your take on that. And I know it's because LeBron doesn't really care at the end of the day, but, but it was just, I, I didn't enjoy watching him play yesterday. And that was kind of a, um, that, that really sucked to be honest with you. It's, uh, he was just really nonchalant. Yeah. I mean, I get where you're coming from. Um, I'm from the, I look to view it as, this is just what LeBron does in the beginning of series of any series. He just, he never really takes it. Never. Well, it seems like he never really takes game one super seriously. Like he better game in one the next against, series. He better in the next series. Yes, yeah, that is true. But against the Pacers, he did, I mean, the first, uh, what he shot, like what? Three shots, maybe in the first quarter of the against the Pacers. Quarter, yeah. So he wasn't aggressive that game in game. Two though he was extremely aggressive. Uh, game one in the uh, Toronto series, he he called that the worst game he's played in his uh, for the whole season. So I mean, this is just what he does in game one. But here's my so thing I, though: why why waste time here then? Because we know he can turn that switch on and play 
play as you know as well as anybody in the in the world. And so why waste time here? I mean, you got you're playing the Celtics, who I don't know they may just have a better team, but you're the best player on the floor, and you're going to be playing if you make it past the Celtics. You're going to be playing arguably the best team in, in the NBA. You know, whether it be the Rockets or Golden State. So wouldn't you want to get the series over with in four if you can and just or five and and just rest uh, and get ready for the real challenge? I mean, I don't know. I just I love LeBron and I I, I will be a, a LeBron fan uh, until he retires. But man, yesterday just looked different. He just he I think it was because they got off to such a slow start. And at that point, he was just like, uh, well, you know, we're going to lose this game. So why even waste my energy? But I just don't like seeing that from an all-time great, especially an all-time great that I that I enjoy to watch. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, That's I think great. it'll come out. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from, and it's a it's a, a valid point. But it's just what LeBron does. Anyways, uh, let's get moving on now. Uh, let's talk about the other series, which uh, kicks off uh, tonight as we're recording on Monday, and that is the uh, the Houston Rockets and the Golden State Warriors. Obviously, the Rockets have a home court advantage for this series. Uh, everyone has been saying that they are, they have built their team to beat these Warriors, but did they build it well enough? What do you think? I, at the end of the day, and, and you know who I'm pulling for in this series, and you know I would love to see uh, the Houston Rockets and one of my best, uh, my favorite players of all time, really, Chris Paul, get to his first finals. But, man, it, I just don't think it's going to happen this year. Uh, you know, a lot of people have made a big deal about them winning two out of three uh, to the Golden State Warriors. And I, I think that just doesn't really matter. It's kind of what we were talking about with LeBron. The, it, the games against the Warriors in the regular season meant more to the Rockets than they did the Warriors. I mean, if you're the Rockets, you're building a team to beat the Warriors who have made it to um, three straight finals uh, in that conference. Um, you know, I just. I don't take a whole lot from those regular season games. What did it show me? It showed me that the Rockets can 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 hang with the Warriors and maybe even beat them from time to time. But in a, over the course of a seven game series, the the Warriors just have too much. Another thing that the Warriors really weren't this regular season was healthy. Uh, Steph Curry was bang, banged up a couple of times. Uh, Draymond Green was banged up. Durant was banged up. Even Thompson missed some time. So they weren't really all together. In fact, in one of the games that the Rockets beat them, Stephen Curry uh, didn't even play. Um, so, you know, as much as I would like uh, for there to be an upset in this series, I know the Houston has the home court, but let's be honest, it would still be an upset uh, if anybody dethrones the Warriors with all that they have. I just don't think that the Rockets have enough. I just think that uh, there's just – too much there with the Warriors, too much firepower, too much shooting, uh, too much defense, and just honestly just too good of a team. I don't see the Rockets being as good of a team as the Golden State Warriors, in my opinion. And at the end of the day, uh, I don't see anybody beating the Warriors in a seven-game series. <clears throat> I mean, absolutely. That's a good point. Um, they have made it to the finals, what, the past three years. This will be four years. They've won, what? Uh, three or two? They've won a lot. They've won two of the last three. They're just going for three or four. Um, So obviously they're a great team. They've only gotten better since their first title by adding Kevin Durant, who's just a a freak of nature. 
seven feet tall. It can shoot like a shooting guard. Um, but I mean, this, I think people are just underestimating this Houston Rockets team. Um, I think they shoot the three ball just as well, maybe not as efficiently as their, as uh, the Warriors best players. Uh, but I think they, as a team, they shoot the three ball just as well, if not better uh, as a team. Um, and outside of that, uh, I think the difference maker pot, uh, possibly in this series is going to be uh, Clint Capella. I mean, the Warriors just don't yeah. have any answer for Clint Capella. Clint Capella can, if he plays like he, we know he can, he will uh, change this series and he will make it so they can't play small super often. They're going to have to put a center in there to alter him because he, if they just if they try to put Draymond or, uh, up against him. He's just going to have an easy day picking rolls and easy day at the basket. So it's not going to work. They're going to have to put like a, a Zaza or a Javal McGee or a Kevin Looney or someone on him. And when yeah, they I do mean, that, I... it alters their team a little bit and gives the rest of the uh, Houston team some room to breathe and everything. Yeah, I mean, I, I do agree with you that Clint Capel's the the X factor here. Uh, if he doesn't play well, the Rockets don't have a shot because they're re- he's really their only mismatch. If you look at it uh, from a, that standpoint, uh, he's gonna have to play super well, and he's the really he's the X factor if they wanna they wanna win this series. But at the end of the day, you have the best shooter in in the world on on the Warriors. You have a top five shooter in the world world also on the Warriors. You have the second best player in the world on the Warriors. And then you also have, you know, Draymond Green, who, who I don't, he's not as good as, as, uh, he's not a superstar in my opinion, but he fits his role well. He can play defense and he really, uh, takes advantage of there not being much, uh, emphasis on him. Um, just because, you know, he's not, he's the fourth best player on that team and he's a pretty good player to be your fourth best player. Um, but, you know, I don't know. It, there's just, when you look at it, I think the the Houston is is good, and they've been they had the best record, obviously in all of the NBA. Uh, but they're just I don't think there's going to be enough there because um, if you look at it, and you 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 kind of mentioned it, they're both good um, three point shooting teams. But who do you trust more if the three's not falling? And uh, I, I trust the Golden State Warriors more. Um, so I'm going to call it like this. I think that the Warriors, and they'll win one of the games, uh, one of the first two games. I think probably game two, they'll win that. Uh, and then I think Houston will win the rest of those games on their court. Uh, but I don't think they'll be able to beat the Golden State Warriors on uh, the Warriors' court. So I think the Warriors will take uh, home court advantage and ride it out to game six and win the, win the series in six. Absolutely. I mean, that's a that's a fair point. Uh, I'm still going to go with the Rockets just because I think they have a more complete uh, team altogether. They have a much uh, I think they have a much deeper bench. They got multiple players on their bench that can come on and score upwards of 20 points a game in any given night. Um, well, see, that's just, where in the playoffs, though, I think you're starting lineup. I mean, because as a coach, you're going to play your starting. It's playoff time. You don't you're not worried about rest anymore. So you're going to play your starters as long as they can. 
And I think just if you look at their starters, the Warriors have too much. And and when they do when they do go to their bench, yeah, they, they may take Curry out for a little bit, but they 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 replace him with a Quinn Cook who's decent, and then they still have Durant, and you won't see Durant and and you know uh, all them boys out at the same time. Uh, so I don't think the benches will. I do agree with you that the Warriors. I mean, the Rockets have a better bench, but I don't think that when it comes to playoff time, that the benches matter near as much, and that's uh, that's big. But I, I look. I hope you're right, and I hope, and I will admit if I'm wrong, uh, because I really want to see the Rockets get to a finals. But at the end of the day. I'm not going to pick anybody to beat the Warriors until they beat the Warriors. And, uh, you know, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be a good series. Yeah, absolutely. And that's understandable. Like I said, um, the I understand what you're saying about the uh, maybe the benches don't get gone. They don't go to them as often. But uh, I do – I would have to say I think even if they don't – the Warriors don't go to it often, I think the, the Rockets are still going to be using their bench because they have faith in their bench. And that just gives the the Rockets more players that have potential of going off and scoring twenty plus points than the Warriors do. So I mean, you got Chris Paul that can do it. You got James Harden that can do it. You got Clint Capella that can do it. You got uh, Eric Gordon that can do it. You got uh, Gerald Green can go for twenty. Uh, Trevor Reza can go anywhere from fifteen to eighteen to twenty or something like that. I mean, yeah, if they, they can. But outside of outside of James and Harden, you can't really trust any of those to go for twenty. And if you look at the Golden State Warriors, I mean, you got people. I mean, really, uh, three at least, if you, even if you don't count Draymond as a superstar, they go for 20 most nights. I mean, if you look at it, I just, I don't know. It's just, look, I hope you're, you're right, but man, until somebody in the West proves it, that they can beat them, I just think there's too much. If you just look at it, there's, they have the best shooter in the world. They have the second best player in the world. They have another top five shooter, and then they have, you know, Draymond Green, who is a good fourth option. I understand what you're saying. And obviously you're right. They do have a lot of talent on their team. But I mean, I think, like I said, I just think people underestimate these Rockets sometimes. I mean, you got James Harden, who's the MVP this year. Uh, you got, he's arguably, some people say, a lot of people have said that they think he might be the best ISO player, that any ISO scorer that people have ever seen. I mean, he's just, un, he's un, unbelievable. And then you got Chris Paul, who's like, I mean, he, he's probably the greatest pure point guard we've seen since, what would you say, Magic Johnson or Isaiah Thomas or something like that? He, he's oh, he's definitely that. He's a, he's a great. I mean, he's, he's a top. He's probably a top three all-time point guard in the league, period. And then you just got so many uh, role players that are just, they, they, they're good at their role. They can hit threes. They're good. They have solid defensive play. And then you have a young center who can you can just do anything he wants, basically, it seems like, to these these Warriors. And, I mean, Kevin Durant came out and said had that quote earlier today that about when Clint Capella said that the Rockets are the better team. He said something like, uh, Clint Capella's job is easy or something like that. And, I mean, yeah. I guess you can argue that it's easy, but, I mean, it's easy because, it's easy because he's a mismatch with the lineup that they throw out there. It's not his fault. Yeah, <laughs> just like his, yeah, I mean, he's Kevin a, Durant's job is he's easy. a mismatch, but so is Kevin Durant a mismatch on y'all. Y'all don't have, you know, yeah. I say y'all because you're a, a Rockets fan, but uh, the Rockets, uh, he's a mismatch on the Rockets because you I mean who's going to guard him? Absolutely, you know. So, I mean, I, mean I, I mostly just bring that up because I think that's just ridiculous for Kevin Durant to say and extremely hypocritical even. 
because uh, I mean, he's got the easy, he's got the epitome of easy job in the NBA right now. So maybe, but he's still, he's still a top well, player Monty in the world. So. About that, but he took. I'm just saying, he took the easy way out. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, I think it'll be a good series. I'm going to go uh, Warriors in six games just because, like I said, I think they split game one or two. And uh, right now it's a, a three-point Rockets lead in game one as we speak. But um, I think that either game one or game two, Golden State will win because it's kind of like like you said with LeBron. If they do lose tonight, say they go down 1-0, they're not going to be concerned and they're going to come back and and they're going they're not going to lose two straight. And, in my opinion, they're just not. They're not going to win, lose the first two. And I think once they take home court back, um, it'll just be too hard to, too insurmountable. Um, but I guess are you going Rockets in seven then, or, or how uh, yeah, do you see it? Yeah, you make some fair points, and uh, I can understand anyone picking the Warriors to win. But yeah, I am going Rockets in seven. Um, I think. You can say people can say all they want that the uh, people don't uh, the players don't play as hard in the regular season when they have been to this many finals, and that may be true, but that doesn't very true. That, that, that is very true. That doesn't uh, that doesn't put anything against the fact that this Rockets team, when healthy, which they weren't healthy a lot this season either, but when healthy and they had the uh, Capella, uh, Harden, and CP3 all in the starting lineup together, they only lost like including the playoffs five games. So I mean, yeah, I mean they're they're a great team, but man, give me give me the two time NBA champions, a team that's been to three straight finals. Give me them over some over a team that that's uh, you know just now making their first uh, conference finals. Really, if you look at it, because I know the Rockets made it a couple years ago, but uh, that team's totally different now, you know. And, and absolutely, the, and yeah. CP. I mean, like I said, I get your point. I get everyone's point. But I mean, uh, everyone has everyone has to have their first year there eventually. It's got to be the first. So I I just have a question for you: Is it a bit of wishful thinking, or do you really believe what you're saying that that in fact the Rockets are going to be like? Do you believe that in your heart oh, of hearts? Is it a little bit of of wishful thinking? A little bit. I absolutely, I hundred, I hundred percent believe that these Rockets will win in seven games. So if but if the Warriors say they win the first two, then then are you getting concerned? If you're the Rockets, if they win both of the first two games, yeah, if they, if they somehow win both both of the first two, I mean, would, if would you win, maybe change uh, your mind on that? Well, yeah, I think if any team went in and won two games in a row at the uh, other teams and took home court, winning both games, not even just, like just one game, I can understand that I wouldn't be too worried. But winning both games, anyone and any at taking home court like that is, I'd be concerned. Like if. Say the Cavs had home court, and I know they have LeBron James. Like I said, they could, like I was saying with them, they could lose both these first two games in Boston, and I wouldn't be worried because they're still going back to Cleveland. It was the reverse, and Boston came into Cleveland to start the series, and they won the first two. Then I would still, I would be concerned with the Cavs. Even it's just, yeah, yeah. Take home court. You yeah, take well, already- home court, or the opponent's court. Then it's going to be a long road back for that team. But I don't. Well, it's think- already looking like we're going to have a high scoring series. Uh, we are now at the end of the first quarter of game one as we're recording this, and the score is 30-29. to 29. The Rockets are ahead uh, by one point. So I think we got an exciting series. And, and when I pick the Warriors, I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I just think at the end of the day, you know, when push comes to shove, uh, I'll take experience over non-experience. And, 
and a team who I think is more talented, at least in their 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 starting five. Uh, but you never know what could happen. And, and, uh, and you know, like you said, if if Harden gets going off one game, we'll see uh, what can happen. But anyway, uh, we'll we'll move on from that, and uh, that'll be all of our NBA uh, talk for today. All right, here we go. We're going to talk about some MLB now. Uh, we're what a month and a half in now, or something like that. We well, have one fourth uh, of the way through the se- the season. One fourth of the way. Oh, yeah, there we go. That's the way to put it. And we have we just finished the uh, Red Sox Yankees series, which was uh, won by the Yankees two to two to one. Two to but one. Uh, all the games were competitive. They were fun to fun to watch, fun to keep up with. Especially game two was a. For me, a heartbreaker as a Red Sox fan, but yeah, yeah. Um, so those two teams just finished their series against each other. Um, which do you think is better, and who's going to be who's going to come out on top at the end of the season? I don't know the answer to that, and the the reason that that is, and you're talking about come out on top of their division. Um, they're both really, really good teams. Um, and so I think it may come down to, uh, you know, even September until we really know that. And I think that, that the winner of those two, it might, it might end up being not because of they play bad. It might, somebody may be injured or, or something because it's, because if you really look at them, uh, they're close, they're close to each other. Uh, and, and, uh, if you look at, at the Yankees, there's no better lineup in baseball. Um, you know, and then their pitching right now is doing better than expected, I believe. Uh, you know, most people didn't really think they'd pitch that well, but when you have that kind of lineup, uh, you don't really need to pitch that well. So, uh, man, I, if I had to pick right now, just based on what I'm seeing right now, I would probably uh, pick the, the Yankees um, just because that lineup is just so good. Um, and they're – if their pitching can just stay average and pretty decent like it has been in their bullpen, you know, with Patantis and Chapman, uh, they've really started pitching well. Uh, I just don't – I don't see anybody in that division well, being the Red Sox. Uh, but I think right now they're actually tied for the division lead. So it's not a knock on the Red Sox that I say that. You know, I think the Red Sox are a very good baseball team, and they'll definitely be in. Uh, both of these teams will. But if I had to pick right now uh, with the Red Sox, I mean, with the Yankees putting out the lineup that they put out on a not, nightly basis, I just, man, I don't see anybody really uh, really beating them in that division. Uh, now, they're not actually my favorite to win the AL, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, but for as far as that division goes, man, I think they're just a tad bit better than the Red Sox. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's good. It's close. It's good. It's going to be a fun year in the AL East, I believe. Because, I mean, the Blue Jays aren't bad either. Let's not forget about them. They have a chance to make the wild card as well. Um, but if we're just talking yeah. about the Red Sox, Yankees, obviously, it's going to come down between one of those two to win that division, I think. Uh, and like you were saying, they're tied at the top of the division right now. They're both 28-12. Uh, their run differential is two apart. The Red Sox uh, have a plus uh, 67 with the Yankees have a plus 65. So, I mean, it's crazy how close 
these teams are to each other right now. And it's amazing yeah. that it's these two, these two, these two uh, challengers, these rivals, are doing this to baseball together at the same time. It's great for baseball. Um, if I had to choose between the two of them to win the division, we'll go with that since we're going with that one right now. Um, to win their division, I'm actually going to – I know you might just say this because I'm a Red Sox fan. I'm going to go with the Red Sox. And it may be a little bit is of it because I am a Red Sox fan. But, I mean, the other part of it is I look at their uh, their records. <clears throat> Obviously, they have the same record. What gives me a little bit of hope as a Red Sox fan to come out on top is uh, the Yankees are 18-7 and at home and 10-5 and on the road. Obviously, those are both good, but that's saying they've played a lot of home games so far. The Red Sox, on the other hand, are 11-4 yeah. yeah. at home and 17-8 and uh, and on away. So they've played more games away right now. So basically it's split opposite direction. And because they have been able to do that as the away team and be able to keep up with the Yankees as they do this as the home team more often, it gives me a little bit of confidence saying that I think the Red Sox will come out on top because at the end of the day, they'll play the same amount of road games and home games. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at it like, like uh, uh, the Red Sox, the Red man, Sox. they started out real hot. And then kind of cooled off, and then the Yankees, you know, started off kind of not not as good. I think they were like ten and nine, and then now they've went on this like big long streak where they've only lost like two of their last twenty three or something like that. Uh, what that tells me is the Yankees' new lineup is hitting their stride, and when they're hitting their stride, uh, I don't think anybody in that you know it's going to be hard to beat them. I'll say that now again, they're not my pick to. To, they're not my pick for best team in the AL, and we're going to discuss that in a minute. Uh, actually, here in just a second. But yeah, I mean, if you just look at that lineup, man, it just you don't have to pitch that well when you have that lineup yeah. behind you. And the Red Sox lineup isn't bad. I mean, uh, Martinez being added to the lineup is huge for them. Uh, he's been really good, and obviously they have a good lineup, but it doesn't compare to uh, what the Yankees can throw at you uh, on a nightly uh, basis. So. Absolutely. They do have a good lineup. Uh, no one can take that away from them. Uh, like I said, though, they're only, I, ever, I, one thing I'd have to say about that is you said that the Red Sox started off hot and then the Yankees got hot later on. And while that is true, um, obviously that's, that's just how baseball goes. Uh, no team is going to be hot for the whole year. I mean, there's 162 games. That'd uh, be, a, be a, a heck of an accomplishment to be the top of your game, everyone on the top of your game for 162 games straight. So, I mean, we're yeah. going to see some hot and cold from each of these teams. They'll go up and down. I don't think one of them will be on top for more than a week at a time, even maybe that's how quickly the other one could close on close on each other. So I think it'll be fun. Uh, I think that I expect to see uh, some hot streaks and cold streaks from each of them. Uh, the, like I said, the only reason right now I'm choosing the Red Sox is maybe because I'm a Red Sox fan, and the uh, the home away split at the moment gives me uh, yeah, encouragement as a Red Sox fan. Honestly, honestly, Ben, though I think, and this is unfortunate, but I think it might come down to who who gets more lucky uh, when it comes to injuries. Oh, absolutely, Yeah, and then when you have two teams that are that close, and so uh, you know, right now they're both relatively healthy. Uh, I think the Yankees are missing their first baseman, Bird. Uh, and I don't know if the Red Sox, Sox are missing, missing anybody right now. Pedroia, yeah, I forgot. He hadn't played all year, so he'll be back. So we'll see 
Uh, we'll see there. But let's go ahead and move, in, and I think your answer is going to be kind of the same. Uh, would you say the Red Sox you know, is the best team in the AL? Uh, then if you're saying they're the best team out of those two, would you would you think they're the best team in the AL, or is there another team that um, you think's better than they are in the AL? Obviously, when we just talk about the AL in general, you have to – obviously, those two teams are in the discussion, and then you have to throw in the Houston Astros and maybe even the Los Angeles Angels right now. Though um, I'm not sure if they'll be here the whole time, uh, the whole series long. So I'm just going to stick with the three of them, the Yankees, Red Sox, and Astros. But if you had and to I'll, pick, you would probably pick the Red Sox out of those three? or. Uh, I mean, maybe, man. This is – this is a tough choice. They are all really good teams. Well, I'll tell you why I'm why I'm picking the Astros uh, as far as the best team. Now, this is not my World Series projection. We'll do that later on. Uh, but if you talk about best team in the AL, I'm going to give you the Astros. And uh, one of it's because they've been there, done that. You know, they're the defending champions. And Absolutely. then the other part is their lineup isn't very bad if you look at it with with Altuve and. Correa and Bregman and, and Brian McCann and Evan Gaddis. I mean, they have some dogs that they can throw at you. But if you look at pitching, and I think pitching in baseball, especially when it comes to end of the season, pitching wins championships a lot of times. And when you look at that, just, I mean, their bullpen is good and it speaks for itself. But when you look at that rotation, you have Justin Verlander, Dallas Keuchel, uh, Luke, uh, Luke McCusters, uh, Garrett Cole and Charlie Morton. Um, man, that's a that's a, a dynamic five. They all can pitch. You have in that discussion two uh people that are right now at the front of the Cy Young discussion, if that's even a thing yet. Uh, man, that pitching is just good, and when it comes down the stretch, I think pitching is gonna gonna help them prevail. So I will pick them in my AL as the best team. But let's move on. Uh, to the NL. Um, and if you look at the NL right now, the best record in the NL is who, Ben? Who has the best record in the NL right now? I'll let you answer that one. Um, I would believe that is actually the Atlanta Braves right now. Yes, it is. With a 25-15 and 15, uh, record, they're only three games out of the best record in baseball. Uh, they're only three games behind the Red Sox and Yankees. Uh, they have been playing good ball. They just had a road trip uh, where they went 6-1, and one, uh, which was good because they got swept at home um, before that uh, by the Giants, which I thought was just a bad series. I don't know. Um, so if you look at it, you know, right now, they have the best record, and they've, they've only played 15 home games. So like you said, they're going to have a lot of home games to come. But when it comes down to it, do you think they're the best team in the NL? Um, that's a tough one. Um, I'm actually going to have to go, no, I do not think they're the best team in the NL right now, just because, I mean, you've said it before, they have some of the youngest players in baseball, uh, and I think that inexperience eventually is going to maybe catch up with them for part of the season. I think they're absolutely great. They're a really good team. Uh, I think they'll be good all year long, but I don't think them, I don't, I will not, I would not pick them to be my World Series pick out of the uh, NL right now. Yeah, and I'm I not ready to go someone, there yet. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was just gonna say, if I'm gonna choose, uh, like if we if like we just chose our teams for the AL, who we think is the best team in the AL right now. Obviously, uh, whole season, uh, three fourths of the season left to go. Lots of potential for injuries. Lots of changing. 
but I picked the Red Sox. You picked the Astros for this uh, for the NL. I'm gonna go, go with the uh, the Nationals. Actually, <clears throat> we they started off slow, but they have uh, come on hot, and they're still not healthy yet, which is a kind of a scary thing for the rest of the NL. So I'm gonna go with the uh, the Nationals as my best team in the NL right now. Yeah, when when you look at it and you look at the rosters, uh, people were projecting the Braves to win 65 <laughs> games. Um, oh yeah. If they go, if they play 500 baseball uh, from here on out, they would finish the season with 86 wins. So if you're a Braves fan, that is something to look forward to because they have three of the four youngest players in all of baseball on their 25 uh, man roster right now. Um, and they have a bunch of talent coming up through their system. Uh, their third baseman, which is really the only position right there, their weak spot is third base. Jose Batista is their starting third baseman. He's iffy, especially on the defensive end. But their third baseman that's coming up, Austin Riley, uh, went four for five yesterday with three home runs and eight RBIs at AAA. Uh, and they just caught him up to AAA. So hopefully he'll be up soon. Uh, he's a really good talent. So I think there's a lot of optimism. Uh, if you're looking at the Braves team, if you're a Braves fan, I don't think they're the best team um, in the NL. If you just go based solely on talent, that probably is uh, the Washington Nationals. Um, maybe the Arizona Diamondbacks, they're really talented, but they've been struggling too uh, here lately. Um, they struggled against yeah, I would have the Nationals. With the Nationals, <clears throat> yeah. And the Nationals are really playing well. Uh, and I would have to agree with you that, that they're probably the best team, but I wouldn't count this Braves team out long term because, uh, you know, we talked about how, you know, they, their young players would go through a struggling time and they really have been. Acuna hadn't really been hitting as well. And then Albies, he did hit, he has 13 home runs, but he, he kind of cooled off there for a minute too. But, uh, you still have Freeman and Marcakis who are both at the top of the league in, <clears throat> um, in, in the NL. And, and you look at Marcakis who's 34 and, and if he keeps this up, he'll likely make his first All-Star um, game. Uh, so that'll be pretty cool. So I don't think they're the most talented team, but I don't think they're going anywhere either. I think they'll be there. It'll be them and the Nationals in the in the East. Uh, I don't. Uh, the Phillies are up there now, and they're playing good ball. I just don't think they're they're quite as far along in their rebuild as the Braves maybe are. But I could be wrong there. And then I also think you know you have to look at uh, at Arizona as a team. And then obviously, um, the Cubs are also there. And that, that, uh, central division is really good too. You actually have Milwaukee leading that right now with the, uh, yeah, really. with the Cubs actually in fourth place right now of that division. And, uh, so it's going to be a fun baseball, uh, year. And I, I think, you know, uh, you know, we'll make our official World Series picks as we get a little bit more under our belt. Like I said, we're about one fourth of the way through. So. Uh, we'll hold on to those for a little while, but um, Absolutely. I want to shift. I mean, go ahead. I want to. I want to go real quick. I'm going to say something. Uh, I was. I got to admit something that I was wrong. Uh, I was telling you all before the start of the season. I thought the Braves were at least another year out from uh, from really competing for you have a wild card. But I guess I'll be the first to admit I was wrong about that. You were right. I guess. <laughs> It's crazy, well, no, but I mean, they're not going to. Where me and you, but you didn't expect where me this. And you I was wrong with, uh, I thought they weren't going to be even this good, so. Yeah, and, and where me and you kind of disagreed, and where me and a lot of people disagreed, and I, I was saying 
from the beginning of the year when he hit 430 in spring training, I was saying bring Acuna up um, to start the year, man. I still don't understand why they didn't do that. Look, you gained that extra year, yes, but they're talking about he's going to have a, a long-term deal hopefully in place before those six years are up anyway. So I just don't think you gain that much from from getting that extra year because how you get better in the major leagues, and he's already seen that, is you got to see major league pitching. And uh, I just don't see why. Um, if, thought- they, if they're going to get a six-year deal done anyways, then absolutely, then I agree with you. Then they should have just brought him up to start the season if they were planning on getting that six-year deal done. If they're not, then I understand why. Yeah, but I think they're good enough. You know, but it's they played well without him. Uh, they played better with him. I, I mean, I think outside of that stretch where they they uh, lost three in a row, I don't remember them losing two games in a row uh, other than that well, since he's been up. You know, they – they won his first three or four games and lost one. But, you know, they I don't know their exact record, and I should look that up for the show. But with him, especially if you take out that series where we just all played bad and got swept, uh, he's really been a difference maker, even though he's kind of cooled off now. Uh, he just takes pressure off. And then I don't think anybody expected this from a, from Albies. You know, you look at him, and he looks a lot like Jose Altuve. He's about uh, 5'8", but he's tied for the major league lead in home runs. Um, with 13, he hit his 13th today, which tied in with Mookie Betts, uh, Bryce Harper, and mm-hmm. Manny Machado. Uh, so that's pretty good company, uh, to be in for a 21 year old guy. But, uh, yeah, these Braves are fun to watch. And if you're a Braves fan, it's definitely, um, something to, uh, to watch. Now, I want to end the show today. It's all right with you, Ben. I didn't even mention this to you, but are you familiar with the story of, uh, Steven Spiscotti, the, uh, the right fielder uh, for the A's. Yeah. Yeah, so I want to end the show with that and the, the kind of feel-good story uh, that is Stephen Spiscotti. Um, he, his, for those of you who don't know, he was a, a young phenom with the uh, with the Cardinals and really uh, looked like he was going to be a star in their organization. And then in 2015 – or maybe in 16, his mom was uh, diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease, and he was asked to be traded back home uh, to the A's. Um, and he got that that uh, that granted. And uh, his mom actually just passed away uh, about a week yeah. and a half ago from ALS. And he came back, and really that was one of the it's one reason why I love baseball, just the standing ovation that he got. And his first at bat when he came back was, it would almost bring a tear to your eye. Uh, and oh, he's did. definitely someone, yeah, yeah, it definitely did. And he's definitely someone with Mother's Day, um, just passing, uh, someone that we really, really should keep it in, in our thoughts and prayers. You know, that's a, always a sad moment, especially, um, when your mom was as important to him as, as, as his mom was to him. Uh, and what I was talking about the other day was, do you think they will they'll trade him back to the Cardinals now and let him go? Because he had just signed a long-term contract with the Cardinals. That's where he wanted to be. Uh, you know, do you think they'll hang on to him or maybe trade him back to the Cardinals? Uh, what do you think will end up happening there? I mean, uh, that's a hard to say. I, don't, I really don't know what's going to end up happening there. Um, I would hope, and I think the – a classy thing to do for the organization is 
let him be let, let him play where he wants to play now. Uh the Cardinals did it. Um if he's happy in Oakland then I don't know. I don't I don't I've never heard anything say that he wants to go back to St. Louis necessarily. If no, he wants that, that to is not a report or anything, yeah. Yeah. If he wants to then I think it would be really classy of the athletics to send him back. Um if he's happy in Oakland then I don't I don't have a problem with them keeping him. <laughs> and I think he's gonna be a name that we hear at the trade deadline. Um because they're not, I mean, they're not terrible, but they're at that point, nobody expects them to really be in it. And so I really think he could be a name that we hear in the trade deadline and hopefully, uh, he'll get to, you know, stay at home for the next couple months and just kind of grieve with his family. But he, he quickly became one of my, uh, favorite MLB players just because, you know, they, they did a whole story on him and just how he's been kind of juggling baseball and also taking care of his mom and just how he actually, uh, sings to her. On a on a on a weekly basis, you yeah. know, as she's laying there and really dying from a disease that that, that you can't really there's no cure for. And so I, I really built a lot of respect for him and a lot of respect for the Cardinals organization for for you know getting him out of there. I mean, he was it's tough to trade somebody who's young and who just signed a six year deal with you and who is really uh, someone who you could see being in your lineup for the next ten to twelve years to to go off and trade them. Uh, for really not really what he was worth, uh, just for that reason, you know, uh, I give a lot of respect to the Cardinals organization for that. Uh, I remember hearing about it when it happened, but I didn't really think much of it until uh, now his his mom has passed away. But yeah, Ben, I think sad. we're gonna gonna go ahead. It's sad for him. Um, obviously our prayers are with him as he. It's not gonna get easier. I mean. It's always going to be hard for him the rest of his life, I'm sure. So, yeah, especially with Mother's Day just being this Sunday. But Ben, I think we're gonna uh, end the show there. Uh, we all right. We are at about to run out of time. So uh, again, uh, join us next time. We're gonna try to start doing them two times a week uh, as much as possible. You know, it's life's crazy, and sometimes you're just not able to to get two times a week done and and then sometimes you run into technical difficulties like we have a couple times. Uh, so we're going to try to get another one out to you this week. Uh, look for it maybe around Thursday uh, or Friday, somewhere around there, uh, if we can. Uh, again, uh, look us up on all social media. We're on. We're right now. We're on Facebook and Twitter. So uh, look us up, share us with your friends, and uh, thank you for listening. And listen to us on iTunes. Yep, we finally got up. All right. Listen to us on iTunes.